Hello and welcome to episode 172 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always. With me today, we're in the studio. Only one of you guys showed up and I'm sure everybody's going to be shocked to hear that it's Brandon <laughs> and not Ricardo today. That's true. Brandon, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up everybody? Yeah, it's true. Usually Ricardo's the one holding it down, especially in studio. Oh. Uh, but I'm happy to be here in place of Ricardo today. Yeah, that's good. That's but, good. you know, i just been super busy, and so when uh, I had a little opening today, and it sounds like Ricardo's busy, so psh, I'm, we're back to the basics, back to where it all started. Original, the original cricket yeah. cast. Uh, no, nah, but it, it's, uh, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for asking. That's good. That's good, man. I know. Uh, How are you doing? I'm good. I know. It's been a minute since I've even seen you, bro. Like, it has real. been a while, like a couple weeks at least. At least, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm good, man. You know how I am, man. I I ghost, not like your real brother, but I ghost. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. No, you guys. He ain't uh, listening. Don't worry. I know, right? Um, no, he does listen. I think, man. Oh, okay. Probably, what up, Matt? Yeah, he's probably gonna gonna roast you for that one. Nah, he ain't gonna say nothing. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, everything's going good, man. I've got uh, a little nervous, B. I got a, an interview set up with this uh, Dr. Mark Blumberg tomorrow from the University of Iowa. Oh wow! Um, and what's that? What's that about? That's about that sleep study, mm. or uh, not sleep study, but the uh, basically how like uh, he thinks that his study is like trying to prove that REM sleep um, is actually like helps build new neural pathways and all this stuff it's just like adults only go into REM sleep for like two hours a night when like babies and even babies in the womb like are in REM sleep for like 18 hours what a what what would you consider to be REM sleep REM sleep. is is that when you're like in a deep sleep and you're probably like dreaming or yeah exactly I, I would agree that I probably and I I tend to like sleep in segments anyway so if i go to bed maybe at like 12 i might wake up at like three and then i'll fall back asleep at five and that's when i like hit my deepest sleep the other the other three or four hours are like spent just like waking up or you know just tossing and turning right right now i hear you um yeah so i have that interview coming up tomorrow so i'm and how does that tie into you know, Ricardo sent me the article and was like, how do you think this relates to spinal cord yeah. injury, like, you know, uh, spinal cord injury research and stuff like that. And I mean, it seems like it could have like a huge impact, like if they can figure out like what, you know, your body is releasing, you know, what. Well, well, we do time. know that sleep plays a big part in your health. Yeah. I mean, it's like and, the super healing, right? And so. one, one goal of the, the Live the Walk Again Foundation is always like getting into your best optimal health so that when it's time for something that could potentially um, be a remedy for this or, you know, a cure, I guess, that, you know, you're the, you're a prime candidate. Anybody is a prime candidate and in the best possible shape that they can be in. So I I get that. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So um, we got that one coming up tomorrow and then I got uh, an interview set up for next week with, um, my guy Bobby Rohan, who's like he's an OG in the spinal cord. Okay, he's been dealing with the spinal cord injury for a while. Um, good dude. He's. I with, would consider uh, you an OG now, bro. I, I am, dude, for real. Like, yeah. Especially we after you know you listen to a lot of the guests and you're like, oh yeah, I've been in here since '98. 
Yeah, well, the, like... <laughs> How long you been down, Jay? <laughs> yeah, well, Cesar Flores, who we've had on the show a couple times, he yep. set up... Um, he set up a fantasy football league. Yeah. And it's just like all, we call it the quad iron league. Oh, that's so cool. it's all, all guys that are. You're probably losing that over. league. Bro, I, I won last year. Well, I, maybe I finished tied for first last year. But anyway, <laughs> this year, me and, me and Bobby are both. You had to take four, Saquon Barkley, <laughs> didn't like, you? I was just like, we, uh, we look like the, where, where's the old dudes just stinking up this league right yeah. now, man. So my, my older son keeps calling me a boomer. I'm like, dude, they were born in like the 40s. Yeah, you kind of are boomerish, man. Man, stop. <laughs> it's just because I mess with them and I like use their slang terms like and egregiously. So yeah. And I, I like purposely like say it terribly. Right. Just right. to mess with them. I think you it's hilarious. To. You got to. That's funny, man. Well, Brandon, this week, have a great guest on the show, like yeah. always. Um, Aaron Herb is. Five star guests only. Uh, yeah, exactly. So. Um, I was able to connect with uh, this young lady, Aaron Herb, who got injured actually on Cinco de Mayo in 2022. Dang, just not that long not ago. Not long ago at all. Uh, and she has got a crazy, I mean, her story, it's not often, I, I know you heard the interview. I did. It's not often that I'm like, I'm just like, like I was like. There were several twists and turns for sure. It's like almost didn't have, like, I didn't know how to like. It was like, I was so shocking. I was like, had to like recalibrate for a second and like figure out the next question to ask. Cause I was like, holy crap, you know, yeah. like, you've been through it. What, she's um, a fighter, man. Like without ruining the interview, like what, what were you most taken aback by? Probably the tracheotomy. I, I agree. The ventilator situation. Like just to be like having that in for no reason. Yeah, yeah, you guys are going to hear that. I mean, And her doctor's just totally it. telling her that she's never going to... Yeah, like... Never going to move again or a, a, a head in the bed. Oh, man. man. That doctor should if, be... I, what I would say is if you came near me, I'd headbutt you. Yeah, no doubt. If that, I was all I was. I Because I'm saying nope. Yeah, I don't, like, really remember them telling me like there's no chance that you're ever gonna walk again like or anything like that i mean feel like they said there's hmm. you know yeah i don't you're you might not you're probably not but i don't remember like anybody just i don't think that's the uh like, i don't think there's ever a zero chance of yeah, anything there can't be there's no way i mean this injury it's is not so... dude it can't be it's yeah. physically like of course there is at least a fraction of a percent right at least Call that a non-zero chance. That's non-zero There's chance. There's no way it's a non-zero chance. Yeah. Or it has to be a non-zero chance. It's not chance. impossible for sure. And yeah, I mean, there were several things. Um, can I just can I just say, man, I am kind of like fascinated by the Amish and Mennonite people. <laughs> they're they're like, and I it's, I don't I don't know what her feeling is on them, but like the yeah. the thing I get from them is like they're such nice people. <laughs> To be just like helping people right. always, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Aaron lives in a in, in a Amish country, completely Amish uh, community, um, and she's not Amish. No, but, uh, um, no. I mean, she's on the internet and stuff. Right. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, yeah. It, it's just a, it's a crazy story. Um, like I, yeah, you guys, yeah, check it yeah. out. Let's we'll get to that and then we'll come back on the other side. Here's Aaron Herb. Enjoy. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are so excited 
to visit with Erin Herb. She is a mother, a spinal cord injury survivor, and an entrepreneur. Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for uh, coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy we were able to make this happen. Uh, you know, so for anybody that doesn't you know, know your story already, how did you suffer a spinal cord injury? <laughs> so... In May, on Cinco de Mayo of 2022, I was coming home from work, and it was storming really bad that night. I had just, I mean, I had probably worked two weeks straight, 16-hour shifts. I opened up a restaurant, so I should backtrack a little bit. So we we had just had our launch date uh, three weeks previous to my injury, so I was pretty busy. And I was sleepy and I really, I, all I remember is it being really bad out and being tired, you know, like one of those drive homes where you got the windows down, the AC going, music, and you're just trying to stay awake. And I'm thinking I fell asleep, but I truly don't know. The only thing I know for a fact is that I hydroplaned and I hit a tree about two miles away from my home. And Within impact, my airbags didn't go off. So that's how I broke my neck. Oh, my God. Um, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's that's scary. Um, yeah, the, you know, so after, after the accident, you get, I mean, do they have to, like, airlift you somewhere? Or do you, like, are, do you lose consciousness uh, when the accident happens? Um, how so- do you get to, yeah, like, where how'd they get you to the hospital, all that stuff? So I didn't really know. I don't have any memory of it. However, I live in a very small town. Most of my neighbors are Amish. The volunteer squad, the squad is all volunteer. Um, Typically a lot of ex-Amish men. So throughout the last year or so, anytime I've had to be transported to the ER for catheter issues or something, they have slowly, like the people who pulled me out of my car have shared with me, you know, their insight and how that night went for them. And I was told that because of the conditions and my location, like I said, I live literally out in the middle of nowhere, life flight wouldn't land. So they took me to Fisher Titus, which is a hospital about 45 minutes away. And then upon arrival, I was immediately tra- um, life flighted to a trauma hospital in Cleveland. Oh, and how far is Cleveland from your hometown? A little over an hour. Okay. So, um, you know, wh- when do you wake up and kind of come to the, like, how long after the accident are you, like, back awake and kind of realizing what's going on? Six days. Okay. So I was out for six days. And really, I just, I mean, for a good month, I thought it was all a nightmare. I thought it was all a dream that I kept thinking I was going to wake up and be able to move again. Yeah, wow. That's, uh, that is insane. Yeah. Um, you know, so the, the, you get airlifted or life flighted over to Cleveland. Like, where do you, I mean, they, I'm assuming they do like a, 
you know, stabilize your neck and everything, then when do you go to rehab and, mm-hmm. and start that whole process? And like, where, where are you able to go through rehab somewhere closer to home? Or did you have to do that in Cleveland as well? Unfortunately, I was not home for four until about four months after my accident. I started out and in the ICU, I had major reconstructive surgery. Um, my bowels tore a few broken bones. I mean, you name it. And I had it. Plus I was on a ventilator. So once I was released from the trauma unit, I had to go to an LTEC, which is a long-term care facility. And I was there for about six or seven weeks until my wounds were a little bit healed. And um, at that point, I still was using a ventilator full time. And then about this would have been two months after the initial accident, I went to a spinal cord rehab center in Cleveland for, I want to say, six or eight weeks. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so you don't even get to, like, kind of learn how to live with this injury for a good long while after the accident. That's Month. Gotta be, yeah. yeah. That's got to be heavy, man. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, but once you did, so when, uh, so what level injury um, did you did you sustain? that's the kicker. So when I first woke up, I was told C1, I'm lucky to be alive. I'll never be off of a ventilator. I'll never move more than just my head. Um, Basically my doctor or surgeon said I'm a head in a bed and to accept it. And I thought she was full. They actually said that. Oh yeah. She actually called me a head in a bed. Yep. I will never forget it can still picture her face saying it. And, you know, obviously she was wrong. Um, Then after I got a chance to look at my x-rays, it looked like a C4, um, but I still didn't have any movement in my shoulders. So we weren't really sure what the deal was. It wasn't until about eight months after the initial injury that I started to be able to turn my head, use my shoulders, and even use my right arm a little bit. And then I got, I requested for new x-rays. And that's when they told me I was somewhere between C5 and C6. Okay. And is was your injury an incomplete injury then? Or did um, it say complete? I'm, I'm considered a complete Asia A. Okay. Okay. Wow. Well, that that's, I mean, thank God you didn't have a, so how long were you on the ventilator for? Um, like when, once you got to rehab, were they able to kind of work you off of that or uh, how, how no. long were you stuck on there? So I was on a ventilator for nine months. It wasn't until I came home and got a new doctor. The, the same doctor who called me a head in the bed was the doctor that was in charge of the spinal cord rehab. And no, against all of my requests, she just wasn't willing to work with me towards getting off of the ventilator because in her mind, I will always be on one. And so when I came home, I immediately got a new doctor. And within the first day of meeting this guy, he pulled that trick out and said, you haven't needed this in months. And you were fine. Hey, so were you on it yeah. before? I mean, were you on it 24 hours a day or was there like times that you could take it off and, and be okay for a few minutes or how does that all, cause I'm not very familiar with the, the uh, ventilator side of things. 
So I was on it full time for probably four months, maybe three months. It, it's hard to remember. Um, and then slowly they would do like an hour off of it. And I worked my way up to 12 hours and then to where I only wore it at night. And then, you know, like I said, when I went to meet that doctor, he pulled that thing right out and everything was fine. My God, that's got, I mean, that's like one of the most frustrating things about this injury is like when these doctors oh, you and, and, you know, clinicians tell you that like, oh, this is how it's going to be forever. And all these injuries yeah. are so different, you know, it's like, thank God you went to another doctor and, and got a second opinion. Yes, I, it took you know, obviously I went through the waves of depressed, you know, depression and believing what this doctor said, trying to accept what she said. And then I just made sure when I had that day of seeing a little bit of light that I pursue it, because if I didn't make that phone call that day, I probably would still be on a ventilator. My goodness. Yeah. Thank God. Um, so, you know, going through this process, um, you know, like you, I didn't realize you had just opened a restaurant on top of, you know, and mm -hmm. you have, you have three children too. Is that right? And they're all pretty young, I, right? Yeah. Yep. I have a nine-year-old boy, a four-year-old daughter and my youngest just turned two. Wow. So she, how old was she when you, she must've been a baby still when you were, when you had your accident. So my middle child is my daughter. My youngest is a boy. And oh, I was, I was actually still breastfeeding him um, when I woke up in the hospital. And yeah, that, that whole ordeal is like a whole nother conversation. He, we had a lot of issues, you know, because I nursed him for weeks at a time. He wouldn't eat. He refused formula. He refused bottles, wouldn't sleep, you know, cause he was so used to me being there. So it was, it took a while. I mean, I got to see my kids two months. I had to wait six, six or eight weeks before I got to see them. And immediate, yeah, immediately that baby crawled right on me and went right to sleep. Wow. That, I mean, yeah, like not like going from, you know, being a full, you know, mother to three children to not seeing them for, for that long. Like that must've just been, I mean, like I feel like with this injury, so I got injured when I was 18. I didn't have any children. I'm just, I was like a senior in high school, but I mean, the people that have children that get injured with this, um, you know, with this injury, it's just like, it's mind blowing mm -hmm. to me how you can, cause you gotta, I mean, you have to put so much focus into yourself when you're going through rehab and all these things like, and you know, having yeah. to worry about your children too. Like, and what was that process like for you? And and once you did get to see him, I mean, you're still like an hour away. So like, how, how much did you get to see him then? Like while you were going through, um, you know, through having to go to the, the nursing facility on top of then going to rehab after that. So unfortunately for me, um, I didn't get to see them very much, but they are the reason that I'm still here today because if it wasn't for my kids and that drive to want to get home to them, I don't think I would have ever made it home. That's uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's gotta be such an underlying thing, you know, like, but yeah, that, that's your mm -hmm. whole drive at that point. Um, it's man. the biggest heartache, but the biggest blessing. 
Right, right. I, I can only imagine. Um, you know, so Aaron, what was it like for you? I always ask every, you know, everybody that I have on the show, like, what's it like transitioning out of that kind of hospital bubble back into the real world? And I mean, you're doing it with a ventilator, all this stuff. Like, what was it like coming home after, after the accident and uh, kind of getting back into the, like what your new reality is? Oh, gosh, I'd be lying if I said I had anything good to report on that aspect. Um, I mean, I was in the deepest depths of depression at that point. My husband, um, my husband cheated on me throughout my entire stay in the hospital and basically the whole last year. So not only did I have to learn how to you know, reparent in a new way, but I had to realize that other people don't have my best interest at hand and navigate, you know, a separating family dynamic. I mean, all of it all happened at once. And I spent many, many weeks not willing to come out of my bedroom. It's only been in the last few months that I've kind of started to emerge (laughs) Well, that's good that you are. I know I saw you went to a, a Jonas Brothers concert or something a couple of weeks yes. ago. It looked like you had a good time. My sister, she forced me. I was <laughs> so, I had such bad anxiety, but I'm so glad I went. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you got to have that experience. That's awesome. Um, So, you know, did like, so coming out of the high, obviously this is a, a, a tough subject for you, but, you know, coming out mm-hmm. of the hospital, dealing with all these things, getting did you guys have to make renovations to the house like for you to get back in? Um, like what we, your your husband leaves. So like what, I mean, how, who did you have other family members like stepping up to help you out? Like caregivers, like how did you kind of make things work once you did get home? So that's a tough one. Um, I don't qualify for any help through insurance. And for whatever reason, I keep getting denied for the waiver program. And we're not really sure why. So we basically only did the bare minimum um, renovations for, you know, cost wise, like a ramp and things like that and a new bed. But other than that, my house, for the most part, is the first floor is pretty accessible to me. I built it or I should say we built this house and just moved into it six months before my accident. So thankfully, I chose wide doorways and an open concept yeah no kidding wow um so yeah that's i'm just like i'm blown away by your story here and this is yeah it's uh yeah you've definitely overcome some stuff for sure um so yeah i mean like and so what was the help situation like like i mean did did you and your husband split up like as you like you found out about all this stuff like as you were coming home or it wasn't until a little bit after or like how how did you kind no. of get by when you first came back to the to the house? When I first came back, my grandma, who is a nurse and retired, um, did most of all my care throughout the last like six months. I've been fortunate that my church that I'm active in helps me a lot as far as covering quite a bit of my medical expenses as far as caregivers go. So in that aspect, I've been very fortunate. Um, I do have a few aunts that stay with me now at night, now that my husband isn't here, but it, to put it lightly, he definitely left me high and dry. 
because I didn't want to go into a nursing home. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's that, I mean, I can't even, I, yeah, I can't even try to lie about it. Yeah. I saw, I saw a couple of your Instagram posts where you kind of just, uh, yeah, I mean, you definitely let them have it on, uh, you know, on, on social media, which was good. I mean, I'm sure. not always proud of it, but Hey, I, you know, like going through that with three kids, like I can't even imagine that's, that's gotta be a lot. Like I think you're, you're, uh, afforded that right. Um, with whatever you want to say so uh yeah yeah you know so I'm always curious like I'm not very active on social media outside of posting the podcast and stuff like that um Mm -hmm. but you know what what uh I guess how how tough was it for you to start kind of sharing your journey um back from from this injury on social media um you know, did you have any apprehension? Like how, yeah. How has that process been for you? Oh yeah. I mean, I, even before my injury, I was always a very private person. Like you wouldn't even know that I was building a house or if I got a new car or that I had a baby, I kept everything very, very private. Um, and it wasn't until I realized, okay, so maybe my situation isn't what I thought I, what I thought it was going to be even two years ago, but how can I capitalize on what I'm going through? Because I, you know, I need a way to make money. And it turned out that the more vulnerable I was, the more people resonated with me, which also helped in the aspect of um, new customers, new followers, and just more support in general for my soap business. Right, right. Yeah, I want to get to that in a second too here. Um yeah, so uh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's great that you were able to kind of capitalize on, I mean, like such a tragic situation. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but yeah, why I mean, not gotta, take the opportunity? Gotta, right, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, right? So I'm, yeah. I was going to go back and ask you, so you guys, had, you and your husband had just opened a restaurant right before your accident. Like, did that just kind of closed down at like while you were in the hospital like how did is that still open like were you guys able to make it keep it keep it going during that time so the restaurant I was gonna open um I didn't get a chance okay so I should backtrack a little bit I was starting to open up my own restaurant and it didn't quite work out so while I was in the hospital he sold all of my equipment and everything I had in the garage Um, and then the restaurant that I was opening, I was opening as like their bar manager trainer. So it wasn't actually my, my restaurant, but I was in charge of staffing it and, you know, doing everything that the owners needed help with. I see. Okay. Because they didn't have any, any previous experience. I got it. Got it. Yeah. Sorry about that. I misunderstood. Um, but yeah, still. So you were gonna open eventually open your own restaurant as well. You had gotten some equipment and yeah. whatnot, and then your husband just sold it. Damn, that's that's just yeah. crazy. Um, you know, I it did. Is. I did see that you um had posted a GoFundMe on your page, um, and I was yeah, I I saw that you had raised about eighty three hundred dollars, give or take, and um, mm-hmm. that's awesome. But yeah, I mean, like so you hear that number, and then it's like you know, like knowing what medical stuff costs, like uh, you know, that's not much. Right. So, yeah. Um, and everyone yeah. thinks once you're disabled, you get all this money. 
It's like I get eight hundred dollars a month. That doesn't even cover groceries for me and the kids. Right, right. I think no. that's a bad stigma that you're just assumed that you get money. Right. Yeah. No kidding. When you can't work, doesn't work that way for everyone. Right. No doubt. Um. Yeah. That's. I mean. That's so tough. So that, that's awesome though that people have have been willing to help donate. Um. And yeah, oh, like yes. I definitely I'll, I'll post your uh, social media links so that people can can uh, check that out and hopefully help raise you a little bit of money. Um, I you know, what, that. what is so what does custody look like for you now? Like, are you do you and your, your husband share custody? I mean, are you do you have the kids most of the time? Like, how does how do you even do that with dealing with a spinal cord injury and having three kids <laughs> that young? This is also a very tough question. So I had full custody of my oldest, who is from a previous relationship. And, you know, I was good enough to be both mom and dad his whole life until the day I was injured. And I have been through the ringer in the court system since. So my accident was in May and I got the paperwork for them to, them trying to get custody of my oldest in August. And we are still like he just keeps motion after motion after motion. And now on the flip side, my husband and my oldest son's father have basically been in cahoots to try to make sure that I'm left with nothing because they both want me to go into a nursing home and I am just not willing. So the custody agreement with my oldest is rocky, but we're making it work. Um, as far as my younger two, he kept them from me for about two months. Um, but now, thankfully, we've kind of come to a good agreement as far as a schedule. And I have them about five days a week. And he has them two days a week, typically. And so is your just your your aunts and your kind of family helps you to to take care of them? Because, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like what, yeah, that's, oh, man. Um, it it is it's it is the toughest battle every day yeah i just like i i keep just going back to like i couldn't imagine going through this injury and having to have other you know like like i mean i'm 43 mm -hmm. now and i can't like i couldn't imagine having people like that i have to take care of or that you know that i'm responsible for that's just yeah that i i definitely salute you that's uh that's got to be a tough tough uh situation to deal with um it is but we're making it so awesome. just make the best out of it and that's what you got i've learned that i can't control everything like i used to yeah absolutely so you know i live here in washington state and we have a pretty good um like social network i guess like a social security network something like you know they we they provide caregivers for me things like that oh, wow. I was kind of grandfathered into you know where I get close to like 12 13 hours a day of caregivers um that's amazing do, do they have they don't have anything like that out there because you're you're in Ohio right like you're yeah, yeah. so what and I like li oh go ahead I was just gonna ask do they have anything like that where you can you know, I, cause I was obviously I was 18 when I got injured. So I like hadn't made like a ton of money or anything like that at, up to that point. So my like social security was the smallest amount that you could get. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, it makes it tough, but like 
they kind of offset that by providing caregivers and, and whatnot. So um, do they have anything like that out in Ohio or you're just kind of left to get help on your own? So from what I've gathered over the last 18 months of trying to navigate this is that if I lived in a bigger city and lived in some sort of assisted program, everything would be paid for and covered. But if I want to be in my home because it's out in the middle of the nowhere, like literally my neighbors are Amish. Um, so that's where I, that's where the big hiccup is. And if I were in the forces of some sort, I would be like just guaranteed care and more financial um, assistance. But because I wasn't that I wasn't the main breadwinner, you know, I'm kind of kind of looked at as forgotten. That is so tough, Aaron. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can can help. Uh, you know, hopefully people can go donate to your GoFundMe and, and help you out a little bit. And then also, I wanted to get to your um, the wee, Wheelie Mom Creations. Yeah. So that's your. I mean, this is the comes into the entrepreneurial part of your your story. Um, yes. Yeah. Talk about when you like were you already so it, it's soap, right? Like you're making soaps for and and different. I mean, it looks like different kind of. Uh, I don't even know what you call them. Yeah, to explain what Wheelie Mob Creations is to us. Okay, so the name came from my daughter. She, you know, my accident happened. She was still two. Um, and then her little, her favorite phrase when I would ask her to do something is, Wheelie Mom. And it just one day it clicked like, oh my gosh, that's the name. That's what we're going to call it, Wheelie Mom. Um and these are all things like I make soaps, scrubs, cups, all kinds of different, whatever, honestly, whatever I'm fancying or I'm into, but primarily soap. And I always used to make soap before. Um, my grandpa was ex-Amish, so I was raised on how to, you know, do the all natural everything. And thanks to him, I just, I always made my own soap for me, for the kids, for baby showers, you name it. I never thought that it would turn into a business. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's, that's very cool. So when, when did you kind of get it off the ground and um, start selling them? I and mean, were you selling them be before your accident as well? Or you're just making them for you and, and your, your family and whatnot? I, yeah, I just made them as gifts. I never paid any or never received anything for it because I didn't want, you know, I just did it for fun. So it was nice to give it away and make someone, you know, smile over something so small. Right. But then, you know, I had this idea to pursue it. But right when I started, like my first, you know, from my first Instagram post to now was right in the thick of my husband saying he wanted a divorce and leaving. So I went through a few months of just, you know, completely forgetting about it and hiding in the bedroom sleeping all day to one day I my grandma basically said you don't have a choice I'm getting you out of this bed you're gonna come out here and you're gonna find something to do and she got me out of bed and I figured out something to do yeah that that's awesome like yeah I think sometimes you know I I kind of had a similar situation my dad used to make me 
like go he's like we're going out somewhere this weekend you can pick where or I'm gonna pick where but we're going somewhere you know I'm not gonna let you just sit around the house and um you know whatever I don't feel bad for yourself is the right term but you know sit here and kind of sulk and and be depressed it's like we're gonna do something so um that's great that that you kind of had that push too um I think it's it's important for sure um so yeah so wheelie mom creations like where um you know, are, are you on like Etsy as well as, as just the Instagram page? Um, how does it, how do you, uh, so, how do you sell your stuff? So I'm not on Etsy yet and I don't have a website yet strictly because I've been getting such big orders from people who have my number personally, you know, without me, obviously like my hands aren't the one doing it, but I'm directing people on how to make it. So it takes, you know, more, it's not like I can just get up, bust it out and be done with it. You know, it takes a lot of planning ahead for to complete all these orders. And I have quite a few craft events this fall and this winter. So my goal is by January of next year to finally have um, a website launched. Cool. Cool. So if, if people contact you through, through the wheelie mom creations, Instagram though, you can, if they want to order anything, you can take care of them there. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Um, well, yeah, give, give us your, uh, your social media links, Aaron, um, and I'll, I'll link them all to the, to the show notes as well, but uh, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you. Okay. Um, business page is wheelie mom creations and my personal page is it's, it's wheelie.aaron. Okay. It's wheelie.aaron. Um, the, the one other thing I just thought of that I wanted to ask you about, um, you mentioned that, you, you know, you live in a small town and that you've kind of interacted with some of the, um, the paramedics, I guess, the, and firefighters or whatnot that showed up at your, mm-hmm. your accident. And I just remember, um, going to the movies, like probably two years after my accident and, um, running it this guy and his son came up to like little like nine-year-old boy probably came up to me and the guy was like yeah I was one of the firefighters that was there at your like when you got he's like did you get injured right down the road here and I was like yeah and he's like I was there he's like I can't believe you're even alive and it was like so weird like to have that interaction with somebody that that saw you at that point so like what was that like for you kind of mind-boggling um because the main gentleman that has showed up every time, he was the one who actually pulled me out of the car. And he told me that, you know, they thought I was a drug overdose because I wasn't responsive. And obviously that was not the case, but they Narcan me three times and I still didn't come to. And he told me when they got finally got me into the ambulance, I was still, I was complaining of my legs hurting and my feet hurting and my arms hurting, but they were still, I was still moving them. But by the time I got to the hospital, everything, like I stopped, stopped moving, stopped breathing. They had to intubate me in the back of the ambulance. Like it, it has really affected him more than I ever thought. You know, I never thought about the people on the other end. It was always poor me, why me until the last, you know, six or seven months. I've kind of started to put myself in other people's shoes and trying to think about how this affects them a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, it, like you said, 
you know, you don't really remember much for, for a little while after the, the accident for like a week or six days or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think like our brain then that you don't remember it. So it's like, I think our brains like have a thing to pre- kind of protect us from like remembering some of this, like just for real stuff that comes, comes to you. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I don't remember anything about mine either. And, and I'm pretty thankful for that. I think, um, even Me though I've, like, oh, I've played it back in my head a million times, you know, like what must oh, yeah. happen. But it's so for uh, a year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, uh, but yeah, I'm, you know, it sounds like you're you're doing well now, Aaron, or getting you know kind of moving in the right yes. direction, and and you know, I'm, I know, man, there's so many people with this injury that are it's just like uh, you know. I, we all go through it and uh you know i think the community is pretty strong Mm -hmm. on on, online on social media and whatnot so yeah um, it really is yeah that's honestly it's the moment i figured out how to use my phone mind you my accident was in may and it wasn't until thanksgiving that i finally figured out a way to post online by myself and as you probably can relate to it literally took me like two hours to type up my first Facebook post um, because I had to focus so much on it. But I mean, it it's insane how many people on Instagram are so helpful in this community. I've, you know, made acquaintances and followed quite a few quadriplegics and paraplegics. And it seems like there is a new wave of I don't know how I want to word a new wave of information and openness about all of this. Right. Yeah. Cause you don't think, I mean, I, you know, I got injured in 1998. So I'm, this is like way before, like when there was not even, we didn't have MySpace at that time. So <laughs> there was like no kind of outlet. You're aging yourself. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it was, I feel like obviously this injury sucks. It doesn't matter when you get injured or uh what the, the case yeah. may be but yeah i think that that some of the people that have been injured more recently have kind of a uh an advantage over some of us from back in the day because just like just the like these like the community yeah. is so strong so um yeah i mean it's awesome i'm glad that um we were able to connect aaron i appreciate you coming on and telling your story and yeah let's definitely keep in touch absolutely I appreciate it. Yeah, I know for sure. For sure. Good luck to you. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to putting this out. And I think everybody's going to really enjoy your story. Awesome. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Thanks, Aaron. All right. That was Aaron Herb. Uh, I want to thank her again for being willing to come on. And, you know, she shared some personal stuff with us. That was that was crazy, man. Um, Like she's been through it. Like I said, she's a fighter. Got to appreciate that, no, no doubt. Well, I love the resiliency, but I also like the um, ability to <clears throat> be open and share share the story, like you know, more than a lot of people would be willing to. Yeah. You yeah. know, it almost reminds me of like the way that like uh, remember Paul Basagoida from his his um, documentary with with Fern mm-hmm. and uh, or Ferd and. Uh, how like open he was on that is a shocking stuff like you know but i think people can resonate and you know it can help heal people and 
you know, understanding. Like, I thought maybe, like, one cool thing you guys had in common based on the conversation was, like, I remember for a while there was times when you didn't really want to leave the house either, man. Or, I mean, you would leave, but you would also, like, make a lot of excuses not to. Right. Yeah, I, uh, true, I don't feel right. I don't right. feel good. Like, it's like, okay, man, I get it. I get it. But I know that you're just being like right. antisocial that day. Yeah, exactly. Which and is it's, fine, it's man. It's easy to do, man. I mean, I think everybody can be For antisocial sure. regardless if you have. Uh, yeah, you have way that. more of an, a reason. Right. Um. Yeah, the other thing when she talked about like interacting with the paramedics who like pulled her out of the car yeah i I forgot that just happened to you recently huh it wasn't no this is like this is like probably 20 years it was like oh okay after my explain what happened again because i don't i was like wait i don't remember that happening i think i was going to a movie with mark rails maybe okay and we had we had smoked some weed before we went, and then this dude we were like going to, to see the Matrix or something. I, yeah, I don't know what we were going <laughs> to see, but um, you know, this guy comes up to me, and I'm like pretty high, bro. And yeah. he like starts, and I was just like, "What?" Like it was so sobering. Like you, yeah, you, know, you like snapped out of it like, quick, Damn, bro. Yeah, it was, and he just came Way up. Way to be a buzzkill. Like, it was like, yeah, he's like, I'm the one that was. He's like, he's like, did you get injured right down here? Because it was when yeah, it was yeah. the old movie theater, which is right, right down the, the yeah, road. It was like when the old movie theater was still there, um, up on Martin. Oh, Way. up by the by the where the church is now. By like O'Blarney. Gotcha. And, yeah. yeah, but still and not far from where no, they're like, both not far. Right. Exactly. And he's like, oh, did you get? He's like, uh, you know, if, I, if you don't mind me asking, you know, did you get in an accident right up here on Martin Way? And I, I was like, yeah. He's like, like five years ago or something. I was like, yeah. And uh, he's just like, I was the one that pulled you out of the car or whatever. He's like, I'm, I'm happy that you're alive, man. I was like, holy. Dang. So that was, uh, yeah, that was And he had his shocking. kid with him? Yeah, a kid with him too. And I was just like, man, I probably look like a freaking mess right now. Like all, you know. <laughs> Just stone, bro. Like it's not like not the right situation to have that happen. You know Shoot, what I mean? like, that is that's crazy though, man. Uh, yeah, so. that was wild. I mean, that's like that's so, so surreal because, like she said, you don't really. I think your brain does something. Oh, to, like, for sure. Block that stuff out. You know, Absolutely, so you your brain hundred percent blocks out tra- a lot of traumatic stuff, man. So yeah, then you know, then you hear about it like after the fact and you're just like, cause like you try to recreate it in your head, like it's over not and possible. over again, it's impossible. So you don't know what happened, right? Like, you know, you know what happened cause people are like, Oh, this is what happened. But then you're trying to like replay it in your brain, like, yeah. how it went down. And, uh, yeah, anyway, it's, it's crazy, man. So I, I, I felt like we connected on that level too. And, uh, you know, Hey, like, she she's a hustler though man yeah we gotta we gotta definitely put all the links out there and people go support her the live the walk again is gonna buy some things off of her page for sure buy some soap man can you imagine getting some nice uh nice organic soap bro like from amish country let's go man. yeah man that's awesome i mean basically she was saying that her dad showed her how to do it right or either her dad or her grandfather yeah like they came dad they're ex-amish yeah like her grandfather so you know it's just like handcrafted just all the goods yep yep so yeah we'll definitely uh link to all that and we'll have to get some some christmas gifts for people ordered up man yeah Um, and then, yeah, check out her, um, I'll put a link to her GoFundMe as well. And yeah, yeah donate go, to that for sure. Yeah. Go, go help Aaron out. 
um, yeah, I, w- I just want to thank her again. Like, just such a powerful story. Um, yeah, thanks know, for sharing. Really, yeah, really ins- inspirational, man. She's a she's a fighter, like like I've said multiple times, and and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that she was willing to come on the show and and share that story with us. So, uh, yeah, until next week, and please like listen rate review and share the podcast five stars only five stars only we're just trying to find a cure for paralysis all right until next time